Okay, well, I'm going to invite everyone to turn in their Bibles to Luke 24. Hopefully you had a chance to grab, grab a set of notes or a half sheet of paper that I have out there on the table. just kind of helps keep things going. And then, uh, I mean, if there are questions and whatnot when you're at home, it kind of brings you back to where we were. Thank you, Krista. And, uh, yeah. It says pages are turning. I don't don't really want to sound like a broken record at times, but uh, we also know that repetition is one of the best teaching methods out there. We keep putting it before us. Um, I already shared about even just for myself as I'm worshiping now, I'm identifying different themes that the writers of these songs were, were, were working through themselves. Right, and I know I can't, <laughs> I can't personally because, because I'm reading, because I'm reading with you guys in our Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, I can't, I don't read my scriptures the same anymore, right? And that's the beautiful thing. I mean, we, Wednesday night we were in uh, Luke 18 and there's two parables. The first one's about the righteous judge who did not fear God nor respect man, right? And the widow that comes to the, the judge, you know, and we're reading that, and it says God will avenge, and, and when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Then the second parable was about the, the tax collector beating his breast, you know, saying, I praise the Lord, I'm not like them, the adulterers and extortioners, and, and it works its way down that text. And, and I think as we sat down Wednesday night, I made the comment with, with a note there. I said, doesn't that sound like Malachi? Chapter, chapter 2 and 3, well, 3 and 4 more so. And then we all kind of went, went away going, I think we need to read Malachi. Because it's all about God's last message to Israel and those who don't fear God. And then 16 and 17 says that, that those who do fear God, God listens to and they are the jewel of his eye. Right? And, and, and just making those connections. So the, the more we read, the more, more we, we expound ourselves and the more that picture comes. And, and really, truly, as, as we work and as I prepare um, for Sunday mornings, it's just the more we can put on that foundation level, I believe with all my heart, the more, more things that we can endure, weather, right? It's also when we're having our conversations, we're not as hesitant to go, hey, can I show you? Can I show you what I'm learning? Can I show you Jesus' model? Can I show you a verse that spoke to me? Right? And that becomes part of, our, part of our repertoire for that. So not a broken record. We're just going to keep, keep working through these things. And uh, I know I'm having fun with it. So let me pray, and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can freely uh, just open the pages of your scriptures. Lord, we thank you it's in our language. We thank you for the resources that we have. And I thank you that we know what this can do in our lives. Lord, I thank you that we know what, what seeking and, and reading and studying your word, discovering who you are, what it can do in our marriages. Lord, in our parenting and grandparenting. We know what, what as we read through scriptures, what studying your word does in, in the life of a church. Lord, it brings them alive. It excites them. 
It ignites fires. Lord, it, it changes its ministries. It changes its missions. And Lord, I, I don't think it's a secret. Lord, we, we and, and the church of, of today, Lord, we need to return to some of these basic things. So I pray that just as we're reading, Lord, that this would be fun, that your spirit would be working in our hearts. But Lord, I pray that this wouldn't be Bible trivia for us. Lord, I pray that these truths would be seen as, as what, what the church began on. Lord, I pray that these things would just find their, their way igniting our hearts. And Lord, that we would just see. We would just see this foundation there becoming, <laughs> starting or whatever we want to say. Lord, I just pray that it would just find its place there at our beginning. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. So with Luke 24 before us, I think we're very familiar with it now. Um, perhaps there we will just begin reading in Luke 24, verse 27. And uh, just an exercise I did one of these days this week is I took a highlighter. And I know you can't see it, but just for the benefit. I took a highlighter, a green highlighter, and I highlighted each time scriptures was used in this chapter okay each time it is written well what was written the scriptures were <laughs> right uh, whether it he, when jesus was explaining what was he explaining from the scriptures right so really really so i could grasp how much the open old testament was used in this passage because again i mean i talked to almost anyone my age with no bible school like outside of that circle um, growing up in the church, whenever I ask the question, you know, what is God saying to you? It's always this idea. Well, you know, when I was alone, and, and this is what I think, and this is how I feel, and it's like, okay, I'm not real interested in your ideas and concepts. You know, I'm, I'm interested in what God is saying to you. And, and honest to goodness, when I ask that question, oft, most often I get, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, reading the Bible, understanding the scriptures, what is God saying? How is he leading your life right now? That's such a missing element. So let's just read it and identify some of these things, beginning in verse 27. And beginning at Moses, Torah, first five books of the, the Old Testament, and all the prophets... Okay, major prophets, early writings, later writings. What did Jesus do? He expounded to them, Cleopas, maybe his wife, um, to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Kind of what grows out of that is you've got all the Old Testament promises pointing towards the person of Christ. And that's really what the gospel is, isn't it? Right, so I mean, all, all that Jesus just, just opened up the scriptures and he started pointing towards himself, and that is the gospel. So then they drew near, verse 28, to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide, or, 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 or continue with us, stop with us for the night, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he, Christ, sat at the table with them that he took bread. So something clicks here for them. He took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it 
to them. Hmm. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did our heart burn, pardon me, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, number one, and while he opened the scriptures to us? Hmm. Could that have had something to do with them opening and knowing him? What Jesus had explained, right, the word, he opened the scriptures to us. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together. There's that word gathered, interesting, saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things. What things? things that happened? Do you think they, they maybe were explaining the scriptures that Jesus had showed them as well? I mean, all of the connected dots, the aha moments. It's like, like when I come home and I, I've, I've, I've just read something or connected something in the scriptures I've never, ever seen before. Guess what Krista has to listen to? <laughs> all the things that I had just, like, I mean, oh, I mean, let's start in Genesis and she's gone. <laughs> but I mean, I just, just grappling with that. Okay, so they told about, don't just picture about this. Like they told about the things that had happened. We understand the italicized, right, is the, the, the translators helping us with that. That's not in the original text. But they told about the things on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Something connected. There was an aha moment there. Now as they said, now as they said these things, what things? Probably the events and the scriptures, right? I mean, like, look, Psalm 16. Look, Genesis 3:15, Psalm 110. I mean, there really is almost no limit to this. Like, look what Jesus showed us, the resurrected Jesus. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And we'll get into this next week. But, and he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate in their presence. That verse is special to me because I want to be able to eat in my glorified body. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I taste buds and the whole nine yards, I'm going to be like Adam and everything's going to be perfect. And, and I want to eat a piece of fish and go, whoa, that's what fish, sorry Chris, that is what fish is supposed to taste like, you know. It, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like that's, that's, anyway, do we have to eat out of necessity? Well, that's, that's up for discussion. But that's some of the things that grow out of this. Let's, let's continue, verse 44. 
Then he said to them, these are the words. And I took my green and I highlighted it. These are the words. He's pointing to the scriptures, right? These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. We read one of those this morning, Psalm 16. The Holy One's not going to see corruption, resurrection promise. And he opened their understanding. You know, was this, you know, this kind of out there, you know, grasping at this? What was Jesus doing? He was teaching them. He was showing them. So yes, the Spirit illuminates. We're not quite at Pentecost yet. But it, with open scriptures, he opened their understanding that they might be they might comprehend the scriptures. And that's what any teacher does. Help of the Spirit, that's what he's working through. Okay, that's what we try and do in our ministries. That's what we try and do Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, Friday. It, that's what we do. Then he said to them, thus it is written. Again, I highlight it again. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. So students of the word, are we catching that? These things. What it, the events, yes, but the scriptures as well, how Jesus explained them. And all of a sudden you see that threaded through. It's not just ideas and events and happenings. It's the Old Testament text coming alive and connecting those dots. And unfortunately, that's something that a lot of the New Testament churches said, we're a New Testament church, so we're going to start here. Like Matthew, like, like Matthew and on forward, right there. But, but Jesus, that model is not there. So we have to blend. We have to begin and, and balance that out. And that's what we do here at Coldstream. Then verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from on high. Acts chapter 2, Pentecost. So just grasping this text. I've got four points uh, for those that, that learn this way. And I think you'll get the point here. And you can take this home and study it. We won't get anywhere near through these points. All right, but point number one you have in verse 28 to 32 You've got Jesus opened the Old Testament scriptures, right? Very, very clearly. I mean, it's, it's, that's what he did. They knew him. He opened the scriptures, verse 32, uh, significant. From verses 33 to 35, okay, you're going to see Cleopas and the other disciple, they go back and they held these things, right? They held Jesus, they held these freshly explained scriptures, so they held them. They held these promises, okay? From 30, 36 to 43, the disciples, when they're troubling and they're having doubts in their hearts and there's, there's fear there, um, they're being terrified, okay? When they're at that point, they had set aside the Old Testament scriptures, right? They had not connected. They had set aside, and we see the responses of, of relying on their own ideas, and then 44 to 49, we see Jesus opens their understanding again, <laughs> right? And it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just a marvelous, marvelous thing to consider. So let's come back up to verse 28, and we'll work through this um, 
one thought as, as we read down from 28 to verse 30. Let's go 32, okay? One thought is, I want you to think on how this husband and wife, or, or, or even if, if it was just two men, how they contributed to their church and community, having experienced this. And it really was truly a special thing, right? But I mean, we, us today, have the opportunity to spend time with Christ every moment. Right? We have something that these two did not have. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. We have the entire counsel of Scripture. We can get alone in the cab of a tractor. We can get alone in a, in a closet somewhere at Humpty Dumpty. Uh, we, 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 can, we can get alone anywhere and spend time in this way. That's huge to consider. So just read with me and think of how they would have contributed um, to their church as they come through them. It says, Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening. And the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him fully, Epignosco, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did our heart, did not our heart burn within us, number one, while he talked with us on the road, and number two, while he opened the scriptures to us. If they were to give us a recap, what would the most important thing have been for them to, to share with us? Just thinking here. Would they have been gone by, by explaining how wonderful it was? And maybe. The walking with Jesus on the road? Or do you think they're one of these two points would have grown to the forefront of significance? Of talking with us? of opening the scriptures to us. The only reason that that's coming, coming to the surface there is quite often when I have conversations with Christians, what's the most important thing comes out? This is what God is doing with, for me. Right? This is what's, what's going on and, 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 and it becomes very much about me. But Then as you're reading that, it's, it, it's all about how Jesus talked with us. It's all about Jesus interacting relationally. It's all about how he explained to us the scriptures. And that's important because we see what that does to their hearts. Right? That did our heart not burn within us. You'll notice in your notes that word burn, ko, means to set on fire. It means to kindle or consume. Right, the idea of, of getting and then just watching, like even when you're building a fire in the morning, Neil and I were talking about this, you, you start it and you watch it, and you watch it kind of spark the flame and the kindling take, right? and then you watch the hardwood take. Right? That's, that's what this experience for them was like. I mean, the talking and then the scriptures were open, and we could develop this, but we're not going to take the time to, but, but it started, and it, it began to kindle, and then it becomes a consuming thing here. Jesus is talking. Jesus is opening. 
We finish that out, it says, when he, um, when he talked on the roads, well, he opened the scriptures to us. That idea of opening means to open thoroughly. Okay, now even, even more so, if you wanted to, to study it out, it actually has a, a biology picture with it of a, a firstborn opening the womb in childbirth. That only happens once in a woman's life, right? And the answer would be yes, right? But that idea, here, these two people, I mean, they held the Scriptures, but he opened, opened to them the Scriptures, and for the first time, and we could even say that that first time will never happen again, but for the first time, all of that became clear. That Kindle started. And it wasn't because they didn't have the Scriptures before. They just didn't connect the dots. They just didn't quite have it right. And that's why we study. That's why, that's why we explain. That's why we work through. That's why we have a lifetime of it. So that's just understanding that picture. When they said to one another, did our heart... Well, I don't know why I keep missing that knot. Did not our heart burn, ignite, begin to kindle within us? Why? While he talked with us on the road? Walking was nice. Would have been nice to, to, to know afterwards, oh, we were that close to Jesus. But, but what were they talking about? What were they working through? I mean, their hearts were broken with, with grief and trauma of what they had just seen on Calvary, John 19. I mean, I mean, even unbelief in many ways. I can't believe that all this has just dissipated. Well, he talked with them on the road, and well, he opened for the first time the Scriptures to us. Just looking at the notes there for a second, just in an application the presence of Jesus, right? The Old Testament promise is pointing towards the person of Christ. That truly is the gospel. And I know for me, even as an MBBI graduate there, as I began to grasp the Old Testament and how Jesus, and I mean, don't even get me started, like each time Jesus begins to teach, there's an Old Testament principle that he's pulling out going, this is me, this is me. Right? And, and, and then I begin to understand the cross more and deeper, and I understand the future program. That's how the gospel works. The Old Testament promises, His person, and that is the gospel hope that we've received. I can understand what Cleopas and his wife are going through. <laughs> I can understand the excitement. I can understand the need to go back and go, how much more am I missing? You know, how much more could I explain? Right? And, and we see that. So I just think that's really, and I mean, these things are contagious as we work, work through it. Maybe just settling ourselves. Oh, where'd the time go? Okay. Um, I'm glad I looked there because I could keep going here. Um, let me settle with this, this thought. I had a teacher run, run by me, and forgive me if I've had a conversation um, already about this, but it's important for our understanding. Cleopas and his wife, or, or even another disciple. I had a teacher describe them, and even the ten, or the what, pardon me, when Jesus sent out the twelve and Jesus sent out the seventy, he explained, or, or he made the remark, they were new believers. They were new to the faith once they discovered who Jesus is. 
That gave me something to chew about. Were they really new to the faith when we begin to understand biblically what was going on here? And I'm just pausing. This isn't just dramatic of any kind. I'm giving you a chance to think through it. Because every, every Jewish child was groomed in what? The Old Testament Scriptures. I mean, God's, God's command in Deuteronomy 6 was, was to put it before them, right? Uh, have it before their eyes. I mean, we read that. And, and each one of these Jewish followers of Jesus had the Old Testament Scriptures grounded, I mean, foundationally into their lives. That's a really significant thing to observe. Right? I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of probably why Sunday school was such an important thing. Right back in some of the structure of the church, if, if it was done properly. But we have the Jewish culture who right from Genesis understands Garden of Eden, you know, God is creator. That, those are things that you don't have to explain to them. The fall of man. Genesis 3.15, that God would send someone to crush Satan's head. That things would be right. Every Jewish individual had the Old Testament scriptures, all the prophets, all Moses, all the prophets, all the Psalms, looking for that anointed chosen one so that when he came and he said, these are the scriptures, right? These are the scriptures that are of me or point towards me. It was a fulfilled faith, right? It was their scriptures coming alive going, yes, he is the Christ, the Son of God. And that is a, a big thing because when we're evangelizing on the streets or even with many people who have no church background, no Sunday school, guess what? We're starting with ground zero, right? And you, you can't just step in and go, you know what? Well, you can. And maybe I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause there and not go too bad. But I think you're getting the point. Right? These, these disciples, they weren't new to the faith. They had the grounding of the Old Testament that Jesus showed them. So much the same even with our teens who don't know the Scriptures, never been to church, never had Sunday school. Right? That's why we started them in Genesis. Because right? we have to lay out these. And you know what? Like my, my teens, I'm going to say most of them can walk us through you know, Genesis and Abraham and the Lamb and the Passover of the Exodus, and they can walk us through. And each time we're pointing towards that cross with a, with a crown on it. And they understand that. And that, that, that's such a foundational element. So what happens if we don't? Right, what happens if we have no foundation to the gospel? What happens if we have no foundation to this faith that we say we believe? What happens to it? It deconstructs. It begins to fall apart. We find it easier and easier for people to walk away. And that's again why, why we need to rehearse this, this studying and seeking and, and gathering and, and working to, to just mine out what we believe and why we believe it. And I'll just read the last two lines and I'll, because uh, I'll start rambling here. But the last two lines on my note, I just said, Christ's church began on living through, living in, and living out what we're reading here. Right? Cleopas, his wife, 
They were at Pentecost. I think I'd park there. They experienced the beginning of the church. These events are what the church began on. Right? Jesus expounding, showing. When they opened their mouths, when they proclaimed, when they evangelized, guess what they were using? These scriptures. They are key to any foundation of when we say, I believe in Jesus, it needs to start here. I just wrote down, do we need to know and understand this as a church? These passages? These Old Testament scriptures? And I'm saying very much so. They need to be part. They need to be ground. I, I see what it does in new believers' lives up in that room. I see what it does in, in seasoned believers' lives in that room. You don't have to understand everything, but it's just like, oh, oh, oh. Closing will be this. Will this kindle a fire in our hearts, our families, and our community? If we sincerely seek it, it can't not. <laughs> and again, I've, I've seen that. If we sincerely seek it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I thank you just for this service this morning. Again, the chance that we can step out of the world, step out of the busyness, step out of the hurt. Lord, step out of the confusion and just open your word. My prayer that you would be would be that you continue to cultivate in our hearts and I'm going to say that a large part rests on us of whether we desire to seek you, whether we desire to read, whether we desire to have something of you beneficial to add to a, a conversation or a need. Lord, we know when our, when our, when our mouths open, it, it's to be what you have had said. And Lord, I pray that, that we would be very careful in how we work through that. I pray that you would ignite the fire, you would kindle something here, Lord, that we would see this church come alive in a day where doors are beginning to close in churches. Pastors are, are, are starting to step away from pulpits. Lord, people have already, already in, in many, many circumstances left. And I pray that this church would come alive. Lord, I pray that this church would become a, 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 an outreach that is just reckoned with. And I pray that we would be very careful and be sensitive to your leading in that. Just pray for the rest of the day, Lord, and we think of the various things. And as you gather us again this evening, Lord, I just pray that um, we would be doing this as you lead. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen.